Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. One January morning a few years ago, a man began to play a violin in a busy Washington DC subway station. Wearing jeans and a baseball cap, he picked a spot next to a rubbish bin and for the next 43 minutes, he played six pieces of music. Meanwhile, thousands of commuters rushed by, but hardly any seemed to notice him at all. That man was Joshua Bell, one of the greatest musicians in the world, playing some of the finest classical music ever written on a priceless Stradivarius violin. Three nights before, Joshua Bell had played in front of thousands in a packed Boston Symphony Hall. Tickets had been selling for $100 a piece. But that January morning, Joshua Bell swapped the glitz and glamour of a symphony hall for the grit and grime of a subway station. It was all part of an experiment conducted by the Washington Post to test people's awareness. Would busy people take the time to stop look and listen, and behold true greatness. Well, you can watch what happens on YouTube. During those 43 minutes, only one person stopped and recognized Joshua Bell. Imagine flicking on the news that night and realizing that Joshua Bell had been playing in your subway station and you had rushed right by him. Well, I'd imagine you'd be kicking yourself. But this Christmas, many people will make a far greater mistake. In all the busyness of Christmas, rushing around and buying presents and sorting out the food and arranging the people to bubble with, it would be very easy to miss the fact that someone far greater than Joshua Bell has stepped into our world. And so for the next few moments, can I encourage us to stop, look, and listen to one extraordinary sentence we heard from John's account of the life of Jesus. John 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God has come to us. That's what John is saying. In the baby born in Bethlehem, God has swapped the glories of heaven for the grime of a stable. And before we dismiss this as a bit of festive fiction on on the level of Harry Potter, listen to how John continues. He says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. For three years, John lived with Jesus. If we kept reading through his account, John describes what he saw as Jesus healed the sick and walked on water and fed thousands with a packed lunch and even raised the dead. And John says, we saw it all. And it wasn't just John who saw. There were many others in Luke's accounts of the life of Jesus, he says that he has written an orderly account based on eyewitness testimonies to help us believe. 
You see, God is not like Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, kids are rushed off to bed, treats are left out for the reindeer, and in the morning, the presents have arrived. But no one sees Santa. He, he does his work at night, but not God. In Jesus, God is much more like a great lighthouse displaying his glory for the world to see. And John says, we have seen his glory. I remember when I was a student, I lived with three friends in my second year. We got on well enough, but of course, when you live with someone, you really get to know them, the, the good and the bad, the not doing the washing up, the nicking other people's milk from the fridge, the grumpiness. <laughs> and that was just me on the first day. None of my friends have looked back on that year and have ever said, the year we saw the glory of Pete Scammon. And yet, after three years living with Jesus, through all the highs and lows of sleeping rough and going without food and, and being mocked and marginalized, John says, we have seen his glory. This Christmas, if we would stop, look, and listen, we would see that God has come to us. And this means that, that God cares about us. Last November, the River Don burst its bank following heavy rainfall. You might remember just up the road, the village of Fish Lake was badly flooded. It was a disaster. Some still haven't moved back into their homes a year on. At the time, politicians down in Westminster were accused of not doing enough, of not really caring. And when some politicians did venture up north to visit the flooded areas, many just stayed long enough for a quick photo op, a short speech, and they were off. But not God. John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is no photo op. No, this is God moving in. If this world were a five-star hotel on some sun-kissed island paradise, perhaps we could understand why God would swap heaven for earth. But it's not. This is a world where floods destroy, where a virus sweeps through society, causing huge distress where terrible racism continues to divide. What a year it has been. And yet it is to this broken world that God has come. And because he has lived among us, Jesus knows what it is to be hungry or betrayed by friends. He knows what it's like to experience injustice or false accusations or to stand by the grave of a friend he loves and to weep. He knows what it's like to be afraid about the future and even to experience death itself. Perhaps for some, these last eight months have felt a bit like 
an extended sabbatical. More time, less pressure. But for many, it's been such a hard year. Bereavement, loss of employment, anxiety about the future, prolonged loneliness, cancelled plans. And through it all, it's easy to wonder if, if anyone knows, if anyone cares. And John would say to us, God does. God has come to us because he cares about us. But more than that, God has come to us to save us. Uh, Imagine if the lovely staff team here at Fullwood Church decided to get together to buy me a Christmas present. Imagine on Christmas morning, there I am, opening up all my presents. And the first one is a large bottle of mouthwash. Very useful. Then imagine the second present is a can of deodorants. I might just be starting to wonder if they're trying to tell me something. And when the third present is a bottle of shower gel, I wouldn't be left wondering. You see, sometimes the present reveals the problem. And when Jesus came into the world, God's gift to us, John says, verse 14, he came full of grace and truth. Grace means giving someone a far better gift than they deserve. In our reading from Luke's gospel, when the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, they said these amazing words. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Jesus came into the world, not primarily as a great moral teacher or as an example for us of how to live. No, first and foremost, he came to bring grace. He came to save us. The present reveals the problem. You see, the brokenness isn't just out there in the world around us. No, it's here too, in our hearts. We see it even over Christmas in the way that we fight and argue even with the people we love, in our self-centeredness, in our lack of love and patience with others. But we see this brokenness most of all in how we treat God. Imagine spending hours and hours thinking of just the right present for someone we love. Imagine braving the crowds and the face masks and the hand sanitizers to go out and buy it. You wrap it and label it with much love. But then imagine on Christmas morning, you give the present to the person you love and without even opening it, They throw it in the bin. It would hurt. We would be upset. And and yet we do something far worse to God. It's bad enough that we live in his world and enjoy the good gifts he gives, uh, the gift of of life and of friends and of food and, and warm houses. We enjoy them all without thanking him. 
But when God gives us his most precious gift, the gift of his son, a gift labeled from God with much love, we ignore the gift altogether. People rushed by Joshua Bell because they were busy. But when it comes to Jesus, our problem is not just busyness. It's we don't want him. We'd prefer he wasn't there. It's as if we take God's greatest gift and we throw it in the bin without even opening it. And God is understandably angry at the way we reject his son. And yet, Jesus came full of grace. The baby born in Bethlehem is also the Christ crucified on a Roman cross. He died the death that we deserve to bring us a forgiveness that we definitely do not. And so this Christmas, if we would stop, look, and listen, we would see that God has come to us because he cares about us and he wants to save us. In the new year, we are putting on a special course called Christianity Explored, which works through Mark's account of the life of Jesus. It's a brilliant opportunity to take time to stop, look, and listen, to explore who Jesus is and why he came into the world. We'd love to have you along. Well, for now, as we continue our service, we have a moment for quiet reflection as the choir sing a solo for us.